Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. It's the beginning of Black History Month, and I've got an all-Black special planned. All of our podcast guests are Black women, and over on Instagram, I'll be sharing info about, about Black environmentalists, Black sustainable business owners, and Black sustainable influencers you should be following. So if you don't follow Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram, go do it now. What are you waiting for, girl? Also, since you've already got your phone in your hand, go ahead and leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show get discovered by new people. And you know, all we want to do is spread the word of Black and Brown women and sustainability. So be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts for the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode. I always love the small business chats. And I'm especially excited for this one because we're talking about tea. Now, a little bit of backstory. I love tea. I drink it every single morning. If I don't have my tea, I don't function properly. I'm like one of those people who like has those coffee mugs. It's like, don't talk to me until I've had my first coffee. That's me with tea. I wasn't always a big tea drinker. My mom would, you know, have like Lipton tea hanging around at home. But for the most part, like we didn't drink tea that much. It wasn't until I was probably in my mid-20s that I started drinking tea more. And when I discovered loose leaf tea, I realized that it was way better, way superior than the tea bags that you get at the grocery store. You guys, I am so excited about today's episode. Talking to women of color business owners is one of my favorite topics to cover on the podcast. I love discovering how these women came up with the idea for their business, learning about how they make their business sustainable, and hearing about their triumphs and challenges. So... I'm so excited to talk to today's sustainable brown girl, Shanae Jones, founder of Ivy's Tea Co., a pop culture and hip-hop-inspired holistic health brand, inspiring people to drink tea like an adult through creating trap music-inspired loose-leaf organic tea blends, inspiring people to drink tea like an adult through creating trap music inspired loose leaf organic tea blends shanae aims to change the way we see tea drinkers and the way tea drinkers see themselves thank you so much for joining us today shanae thank you for having me i'm very honored yes so i always like to start at the beginning so tell us what inspired you to launch ivy's tea co well, I'm the firstborn American um, to Jamaican and British parents. So I kind of came by my love of tea, honestly. Uh, so once I was growing up, we drank a lot of Tetley tea, which is like the UK's version of Lipton. 
um, which it's not good tea. I mean, not <laughs> subtly and not Lipton. Um, and as I got older, you know, I started to experiment more with herbal teas, but then there was also new places like Tivana and other tea shops where you could actually go and, you know, buy loose leaf tea or tea balls and stuff like that. Um, and so I just kind of got away from bag teas in general and, and black tea entirely. And I started to make my own blends and then I decided to take an herbal apprenticeship so that I could know more about herbs. Um, and from there, I was like, I'm going to I'm going to do this. And I did it. <laughs> yes, I yeah. love it. Yeah. I mean, I I also grew up drinking like Lipton's tea. And you're right. As an adult now, it's like, oh, no way I could drink that anymore. Loose leaf is so much better. So. Yes. So one of your things, um, you know, we said she, you aim to way to change the way tea drinker or tea drinkers see themselves. So how have tea drinkers been viewed by the black community in the past? I think for the most part, like even my sister, when I told her I was going to do my own tea company, she's like, nay, nay, black people only drink tea when they're sick. Like they're not gonna, <laughs> like, they're not sick long enough to keep you in business like are you crazy <laughs> and so I was like no they can't be like there's all these other tea companies out there like people are drinking tea year-round like I'm sure there are some black folks who do it too right um and she knew that my main goal was to attract black people I feel like a lot of black people are missing from tea advertisements from other companies uh so I felt like I, di I didn't feel I felt like probably it was a good portion of black people who don't drink tea, but not because they didn't want to, or not because they wouldn't just because they didn't feel included. And so I figured that if I kind of, you know, invite people to the proverbial table, um, then maybe they would see something that they liked and see something about themselves in the marketing. And then they'd be like, okay, I want to try this. And so that was just my thinking, not that people, you know, that we don't drink tea, but no one really invited us. But I think that the general consensus is, we only drink it when we're sick, <laughs> but that's <Yeah>. not <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Or you would think that someone who does drink tea is like bougie, you know? Yeah, either really bougie or super like the crunchy, holistic. I walk barefoot and <laughs> right stuff like that. So not like not. I don't even know what to call us, but not people on the fringe in either direction. Like maybe people more so in the middle. How did you decide to, you know, start including people, you know, start making your thing? Like, how is it? You kind of explained it, but can you tell me more about like what really led you to to start the company, you know, and why you wanted to start it the way that you did? Sure. I realized, I mean, I had a line item in my budget for tea. Like I was spending wow. a lot of money on a regular basis. Um, and then you go to the Instagram pages and the Facebook pages, you see the ads on TV, you see the packaging. Um, and none of it really reflected me. And it just kind of dawned on me like, like they really aren't reaching for me. And I don't know why. Um, I felt like a lot of it was for, especially the the herbal teas that I'm drinking, a lot yeah. of it's for the people who hike and the people who do yoga and, and you know, you got a million dogs, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, you like to watch the sunset and like, you're just this really Zen person who likes incense and candles and all that stuff. And not that there's anything wrong with that and not that I wasn't that person it just wasn't hitting it for me. Um, and so I just decided to create a tea company that reflected more of my interests and values. Now, when I launched, I was foolish enough to think 
that you could just publish a website and people was going to come. Like, yeah. It's not how it works. Like you got to have a marketing plan. You got to have something, you know, you have to have a strong brand. You'll find now, like if you pay close attention, you'll find that there are people who have brands and really no product. Like you're like, man, this product really sucks, but mm-hmm. marketing is cool. Or, you know, that's how a lot of like white guys raise a lot of money with just an idea they have like a really cool marketing thing and no product. And I was the opposite way. I had a product and no marketing scheme. Um, and so I decided to really lean heavily into what I already knew, which was hip hop. Um, I had been writing about hip hop and studying it, of course, for years. But um, I went to Bowie State University and I studied English literature twice. So I really know it. <laughs> um, and I uh, got a bachelor's and a master's degree. And um, most of the time I wrote about language, hip hop culture. And so I figured, you know, I just use that and kind of apply that to tea. And I know that it seems like really far removed, but hip hop is very didactic. You can sell anything with it, but you can also teach anything with it. Uh, So I just kind of wanted to teach about herbs and that was my plan. That's how I built community. Yes. I love that. I love that. So speaking of the hip hop thing, you have Tea names like Sister Sister and So Anxious. How how do you come up with those names? Oftentimes, it's like what I'm listening to in the warehouse, or mm-hmm. um, you know, this is going to sound like really crazy, but um, there is a principle of herbalism whereby people go to plants and they feel that the plant sings them a song. And of course, it's always because of being here. It's always. Um, not even like Native American. It's like wolf. Like I'm a wolf woman. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm like I did not hear that when I saw that chamomile flower. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, friend. That is not what was there. Um, and so I was like, man, I gotta figure this out for myself. Like because a lot of the other when I took my herbal apprenticeship, I was the only black person in the class, and I was the only person under thirty. Mm. So it was really difficult um, like to relate to some of the people because they're like, oh, my great grandma Meredith taught me about this. Um, and my grandmother wasn't an herbalist. Nobody really was. I was the first person doing this. Um, so I had to learn the properties of the plants my own way. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of it, it was word association for me, or I would think of the plants as Beyonce songs or as pop divas. And like, that would help me really remember what the plants were. So that's mm-hmm. how I use that now um, to, to name my, my teas. Also, a lot of times customers give me names. Sometimes they just give me names and I don't even have a tea. I'm just like, I'll tuck that away, I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to use that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so a lot of it is like feeding off the community. They help me make teas. They help me name teas. So some of it's like my own creativity, but uh, about half of it is also what I get from customers. So Right. And yeah. what's been the response from your customers? You know, you mentioned before that you had the product, but not really a marketing plan. So mm-hmm. how did you end up reaching your customers? Well, for the most part, I think it was just driving home that imagery and using, you know, I put product descriptions up and captions and all that stuff. You know, I just write as I am. You know, I didn't get an MBA and learn that these are the words that you use to sell stuff. You know, I just myself. And I think that a lot of businesses are now kind of suffering because they forgot, you know, you have to have some or maybe not forgot. They just missed it or they weren't on that wave whereby um, you have to have like a human touch to your brand. 
And so I think that really drove it home for a lot of people. I got on camera a lot. I really don't like being on camera, but I started doing more camera stuff. Now I do the reels and all that and going live. So I think that it's really just showing yourself and showing your personality. And it's okay to turn some people off. I mean, you don't want a bunch of people who aren't going to support you or who only support you because they think you're something else. You know, you want authentic followers for your authentic self and you want authentic customers. Like that's how you build a real brand. So I would encourage everybody to just, if you're starting a business or doing a business already, like get out there, be yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Right. Yeah. Cause a lot of times, especially with small businesses, it's the, you know, the owner or the creator who really sells it, you know, like you yeah. fall in love with the creator's story and it's like, I want to support this person. Yes. Yes. So, but the yes. flip side is to that, don't be the mean person. There's so many mean <laughs> business owners. Please don't be that girl or that guy. Yes. <laughs> don't be cussing your customers out. It's okay if they got straight hair and they came to get braids. You know, maybe they couldn't get a babysitter for this nail appointment. Like, you know, like, just give some grace. Don't be me. (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So have you found that your customers are typically people who have, you know, drank tea in the past? Like, you know, maybe the Lipton or are they just completely new to tea? About 30 percent of my customers are first time tea drinkers. So I think that that's a really cool number to have. That's a substantial amount of people. Um, Over the past year and a half or so, we've attracted a lot more veterans, like people who do drink tea and they're just switching. Um, And then there's another portion, like a slimmer portion, who are giving up coffee. So they want to try tea and they decide to try us. So I'm happy. I like that we get a lot of first-time tea drinkers. It shows that the business model is working. But the fact that there are repeat customers who already drink tea shows that the product itself is also really good. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So (laughs) what would you say is the main difference between loose leaf tea and bagged tea? Well, for one, loose leaf tea is going to be like full tea leaves if you're actually drinking like black tea or green tea. Um, if you're drinking herbal teas, like the ones that I make, then you're going to actually see like flowers and other herbs and plant pieces in the teas. Um, when you use bag teas, uh, I don't have any here. I usually keep some, um, the tea leaves themselves are all crushed up or they're dust particles. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. especially once you're purchasing like Lipton, for example, um, you know, once they pull the tea leaves and all that stuff, they dry them and whatever, like all the full leaf teas go to the companies that are paying more for the full leaf teas. Mm-hmm. What's left over, they're not going to waste, you know? So that's what companies like Lipton buy and that's what they sell. And that's why it doesn't taste good. And that's why it's not flavorful. That's why it's bitter and really acidic because it's basically just dust particles and nothing. It's just what's left over. When you get full loose leaf tea, um, you're also saving the environment in addition to getting a delicious cup of tea. You know, most tea bags are made out of plastic or GMO byproducts, which we don't want. Um, So, and I think we don't realize it. Like we think, oh, this is just a paper bag. But if it really was a paper bag, once you put that hot water, it would disintegrate. Like we really Mm -hmm. have to consider that. So it's texturized plastic made to feel like paper and it can withhold just about anything because if you have really hot boiling hot water and you're pouring it on this dust you know you're making a bad cup of tea for yourself you're putting hot water on this texturized plastic all those chemicals are going to seep into the cup and you don't have good tea and then you wonder why oh man i really don't like tea it's because you're not really drinking it you're mostly drinking 
GMO byproduct dust. Um, so I encourage everyone to switch to loose leaf tea. It is a little more money up front, but when you use loose leaf teas, you can, if you're using a quality one, you can use the same leaves and make a second cup of tea, just store it in the refrigerator and some Tupperware. And then when you want to make another cup of tea, just take the infuser, put it in your cup and add hot water onto it. Again, for most of our teas, you can get two or three cups, depending on how strong you like it. I like weak tea, so it lasts me quite a bit. Um, so I think that people, you know, once you get over that sticker shock in the beginning, you realize you really are saving a lot of money and it's just better for you and it tastes better. You enjoy it more. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I love that you brought up the fact that a lot of tea bags have plastic in them yeah. and yeah. And you know, we're here, we're trying to be sustainable. So however we can cut back on, you know, like our plastic. And then like you also said, it's not good for your health. Like we don't want to be out here drinking microplastics, yes. you know, <laughs> <laughs> that is a no, no, that is not good. <laughs> right. Right. And then the fact that you can reuse your, you know, your tea, your leaves again for yeah. another cup of tea. That's, that's great. And often, and too, you can compost your tea leaves. I was going to say some people can mm -hmm. compost. I'm not really a compost lady. I don't even, yeah. once I get a house and a yard, definitely right now, all I have is a small little apartment. I hear you. Same. <laughs> but some tea leaves you can um, add to your plant pots, like some ah. plants like them. So yeah, that's what I do with some of them that I have. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I love it. So aside from tea, tell us about the other products that you offer. Uh, well, we offer flavored honeys, um, which are usually flavored with other spices. We get the honeys from a husband and wife apiary in Ohio. And once they come to us, you know, they're plain, um, mm -hmm. just raw organic honey, which is the best honey. Um, raw organic honey is antibacterial. It's antiviral. Um, if you are like, if you're dealing with allergies and you're in New York, you know, you'd want to go to your local farmer's market and See if you can get some honey or honeycomb. Like it'll really help you with your allergies. You'd be surprised at what the little bees are doing and how it helps us. Um, yeah. So I, I always recommend that people use raw organic honey. It does cost more. I'm not necessarily talking about Manuka honey, which is like the $40 for eight ounces. Oh. But if you can get raw organic honey, you could probably get like eight or 12 or even 16 ounces for probably nine or ten dollars so it's certainly more than the little honey bear um, but you don't need as much and it does give you other benefits um, so when we use our raw organic honeys we infuse them with spices um, peppers other herbs we have a vanilla flavored one we've got vanilla lemon orange cinnamon peppermint hibiscus and lavender flavored honeys. And we also have cut it, which is a spicy honey, um, which is really good on like fried chicken or if you like to make homemade barbecue sauces or honey mustards, it's a really good option for cooking. Um, my mom uses it over mango sorbet, which is completely unhealthy. <laughs> mango sorbet is already sweet enough. And she's like, here goes some honey, but the the... I guess what's that treat that people eat the mango when they put that red pepper stuff on it? I've never like, had it. Like the tagine? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is that spicy? Tagine is spicy, right? Yeah, it's kind of spicy. So it's kind of like that, except she does mm -hmm. it with the honey. Mm -hmm. um, so we make that. Um, a lot of people like our honeys. A lot of people are like, I don't really like honey. And then they try our honeys and they do like them. Oh, yeah. Um, but I encourage people to just 
especially around allergy season, if you suffer from allergies, if you don't use honey any other time, try it then. You might completely get rid of your allergies. Like the bees are really out here working. Um, yes. What else? We offer our Trap China, which is a very popular and extremely limited product. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy sent me some text messages the other day. Like, I've been looking on reseller websites and I can't find any. Oh, wow. And I'm like, it's so limited that no one's going to sell it on the reseller site. So to yeah. tell far, I think I, I think I found the plug. Like, what you got to do is make it so limited that people don't even want to sell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, that was not necessarily intentional. You know, the first time I made Trap China, I had a very small following. And I thought that only a few of my customers would like it. And then Destiny Blue retweeted it. And um, she, like, makes costumes for Beyonce and Megan wow. the Stallion. So that's just what you need. And I wasn't going to post it because my nails weren't done. <laughs> my friend was like, shut up and post it anyway. <laughs> And then I woke up the next morning and I had all these tweets and I was like, I have not said anything bad about anybody. So what is this? What are these mentions? Mm -hmm. And it was that it had gone viral. And ever since then, um, I try to only release it once a year, maybe twice a year. It's pretty expensive to make fine china. It's not like a really Mm -hmm. cheap process. Uh, So that's where we are with that. It'll be back again the Tuesday after Cyber Monday. For everybody okay. who's going to send hate mail. I know it's a long time to wait, but it's worth it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. So, I mean, apparently you've gotten some good, you know, traction with the mention from, from Destiny Blue. And then also, too, um, I saw that you were the first uh, grant recipient from Buy From a Black Woman. Yes, my crew. Um, Yes. Gang, gang, gang. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I told her, like, I told Nikki all the time, I'm like, I'm going to get a tattoo. I have no tattoos. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm scared of needles, so it's all talk. But I (laughs) I rep the gang. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was the first Buy From a Black Woman grant recipient. At the time, I didn't know it, like, I just assumed that they'd been doing it forever, but I was yeah. the first. Um, and I wanted in April of 2016, I was applying for $250. I wanted to use the money to buy herbs for my first year of my herbal apprenticeship. And uh, I ended up winning $500 because another black woman had matched Nikki's donation. Nikki's the founder. It was her own money. And another black woman saw what she was doing and gave. Wow. Um, and so, like, if you read my post on my Instagram, it's all like, oh, I'm so grateful. And I look forward to joining all the other people who have won. And I'm so excited to give back. Um, but I was the first. And um, I've kept my promise. You know, I give back. Um, you can buy Grown. It's the only black tea we have on our website. Um, and 25% of the proceeds go directly to buy from a black woman. Um, mm. I just, just the other day, I talked to her about having a Women's History Month fundraiser. Um, I'm always looking to raise money for the organization. That's like, my, I love to raise money. That's like my favorite thing to do. Wow. Um, we have a trademark grant. Um, where we help a black woman business owner um, trademark her business name, uh, which is about $2,700 um, wow. for, yeah, it's not super cheap, um, but it's it's worth it. You got to put that money, you got to protect your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so uh, Ivy's Tea Company funds that. And so far we've granted three black women um, the grant. So it's just a great opportunity to be able to give back and, help other black women in a way that no one was there to help, you know, me, you know, outside of Nikki, um, mm-hmm. 
she's like the only black organization that had money and you could apply for it and it gave you mm-hmm. um, there's others out there now but there aren't any that are specifically for black women outside really of buy from a black woman oftentimes we have to compete with other women of color mm-hmm. which is you know yes all women need more opportunities but statistically black women still have the greatest need and that's when right. you considered um spanish hispanic and latinx women women um, Asian women, um, white women, of course, they make so much money about on average, like $150,000 a year, whereas the average black woman business owner makes about 24,000 a year. So we're talking about real big differences. Um, and when people are talking about how important it is to support women owned businesses, well, they use statistics about black women owned businesses mm-hmm. and put them onto white women owned businesses that obviously don't have the same need. Um, now, they do need, right? Because white men, they get all of the bags. Oh, yeah. Um, but it shows you just how much further behind the average black woman entrepreneur is. So it's great that there are organizations that buy from a black woman is here to speak up and celebrate and advocate for the black woman entrepreneur because no one else is doing it. Everyone kind of shies away from saying black woman. They don't want to just be for black women. And um, Nikki and buy from a black woman don't do that. They're proud of us and celebrate us all the time. So I always want to give back to them. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, Also too, I saw that you were featured in the uh, H&M in-store pop-up. Was that through buy from a black woman as well? Yes, so Buy From a Black Woman has been partnering with H&M now. They're going into the second year. Mm-hmm. Um, they had an inspired, Buy From a Black Woman has an inspired tour, um, which was at first just Nikki driving around the country going to different Black women-owned businesses. But last year, H&M was like, hey, you should do this and bring it to the H&M stores in, you know, in those cities. And so mm-hmm. that's what she did. And Buy From a Black Woman... Um, would have like pop-ups at the H&M stores. And the cool thing was that H&M had actually supported us in that, you know, they purchased our products. We weren't there selling and, you know, trying to raise money. We'd already gotten money thanks to H&M. So they'd purchased yeah. our products and we could just buy them in store. Um, uh, and then they did it again for the holiday market at the flagship store in Times Square, which was really exciting. Um, they had a whole big ordeal on the mezzanine level. They'd put up signs that said black women are magic. Like it was really cool. And the president, um, she the president or the CEO. I can't remember of H and M she's from Sweden. She came, this was her first time in the United States. Wow. And she came to see all of us and it was like really cool. You know, I know that H and M had like bad press, but they really have put their money behind black women entrepreneurs through buy from a black woman and rumor has it mm-hmm. that they've got some other big things coming. So I can't Ooh. spill that tea, but <laughs> I like to say is, is that, you know, they're putting their dollars behind black women entrepreneurs and it's good to see a company walk it like they talk it. It's not just a black history month campaign or something like that. Like right. this is real. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's so great. It sounds like you've had some really big opportunities through buy from a black woman. So yeah. I love that Nikki's doing such, you know, things to help black woman owned businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm not the only one. Like there's right. lots of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Copper sure. and brass, um, it's copper and brass paper goods. H and M bought a wrapping paper from her company, like six figures worth. So, wow. like not a little bit of money either. Like they're yeah. cutting big checks. So, yeah. yeah, it's changing a lot of lives for sure. That's amazing. 
<laughs> so what types of challenges have you faced as a Black woman entrepreneur? I think the biggest one has been funding. Yeah. When I started my business, I started with $715. Um, wow. 415 of which was raised from family. The rest was my own money. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, I guess part of it's like ignorance. I just didn't know that I could raise money before I launched, mm -hmm. you know? So I just figured I got this little bit of money. This is enough to get some herbs, to get some containers and get a website. Like, mm -hmm. and I, I didn't even think about, I'll figure it out. I just was like, okay, we're going to do it for one month. <laughs> and mm -hmm. if it's, can keep going, we'll keep going. Um, you know, I didn't realize that. And I guess in hindsight, if there's one thing that I would have done differently, I would have raised money. I would have taken that fundraising perspective a lot more seriously. Because um, the truth is, Ariel, we are so far behind. Yeah, We don't even realize, like, you know, they're saying that Black people have 1.7 trillion in buying power, let's say by 2030. Mm -hmm. That's not enough to close the wealth gap, even mm -hmm. with $1.7 trillion. Yeah. Um, we are so, so far behind. I have here, ooh, let me see. I can show you. This is the last crumb. Um, wow. No free, no free advertising for them. It is a yeah. cookie company. <laughs> okay. It is a cookie company, and they sell a dozen cookies for $140. And it is, yeah, it is a white owned company and they just raised a million dollars Wow! Um, because people see that it's a thing. And I bought it because I had to see like, what is $140 cookies? Like, what do you have to do to raise a million dollars so easily? Yeah. yeah. Or you take companies like Liquid Death, which is just water. The difference is that they market it like beer and they sell it in a can. Um, Cause they say plastic socks, you know, like that's just their, that's their shtick. Mm -hmm. um, and these are companies that are raising hundreds of millions of dollars. And um, we have products that are equally as good. The Honey Pot has raised some money, but not nearly as much as Liquid Death. And it's doing mm -hmm. more good. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things, I haven't tried to raise any money. I've received... I've run I've the mo all the money I've ever received that was like a grant totaled. That's 10... Ten five, $13,000. So everything wow. else that I've run with Ivy's Tea Company has been from when I had a day job and just reinvesting back into my business. Mm -hmm. um, and you can go and you can get VC dollars and all that stuff, but then they take a percentage of your company and, um, you know, yeah. it, it can be challenging, you know, and it's hard to make a mistake. It's scary to make a mistake. We have to have so much more proof than our counterparts, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you have to, you know, prove that you can make a lot of money. So you're making five figures a month, let's say, in your business. And then it's like, well, you know, you're making money. Do you really need our investments? So then you find yourself like, well, you said that I needed to get money and I'm proving to you that I have a business model and now you don't want to invest in it. Like, what does that mean? So it is challenging. Um, we are doing our best. I mean, I think we all are, but... Um, it's really difficult. Once you get into it, you realize just how far behind you are. If they need a million dollars to sell $140 cookies, how much more do I need to keep IVC company sustainable? And mm -hmm. right now, um, you know, right now I just, I work my hardest, you know, and, and do my best, of course, always putting my customer first, 
always putting community first. And um, that's gotten me so far, you know, and I think that it's more than enough to keep me going. But the question is, you know, just what do you want to do with it? How big do you want to be? Do you want to be lifting? Or are you okay with being what you are now? And if you do become lifting, are you prepared for the sacrifices? And, um, you know, it's not easy, you know, like Tristan Walker with Bevel. Mm -hmm. He marketed something to black men and they didn't buy it like they really could have or should have. They said it was too expensive. Mm -hmm. And then he sells to Juliet, Juliet or Mm -hmm. Procter and Gamble, basically. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you get that slack of man. Now it's not black owned. Well, what am I supposed to do? Like, I got bills, too. I'm still a founder. I'm still a person. You know, so it's like I want it to be as black owned as possible, but I also have other dreams. I have other aspirations and I don't want to work all the time. So we, you know, it's difficult, you know, those are the things that you think about or the things that I think about every day when I go to my warehouse, you know, just to make sure that what I'm doing is in alignment with my future plans, but also staying open to all all that God can do for me. Um, Not getting tunnel visual, not being monomaniacal, and just being open and accepting and optimistic, it weighs you down because it's like I'm being positive and it's still heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well be negative. At least I'm on the edge, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. You know, so it, there are a lot of challenges. Um, you know, money, time, and also just preparing for the future and thinking about what you want to do for yourself. Those are like my biggest challenges. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've definitely had some great opportunities and it sounds like you're on the right track. So, you know, it looks like the future is bright for you. Thank you. I need shades. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. So what tips would you give a black woman who is just starting her own business? Um, for sure. Um, Think about what you want first. You know, I am a big fan of the mind map. You can see Mm -hmm. mine back there. Um, Take everything that you have in your brain and just put it on a piece of paper or a big poster board like me or, you know, um, get as much paper as you need and get it all out of your head. Um, Then start organizing it. Um, I would say, you know, I didn't start my business with a lot of money. So I would say you don't have to either. But you do have to be um, mindful of your money. You have to be smart with your money as well. Um, Don't go buying a bunch of inventory that you're not going to use. Don't go buying a bunch of of (sighs) tools you're not going to use. Don't go chasing virality if you're not prepared. Because the less you want to do is go viral and then you can't fill everybody's order. Right. Or it's slow. And then people just bash your company. Cause the truth is you really only get one time, you know, me, I'm flexible. I've always been flexible when it comes to shopping with people, but there are some people who don't, there's some people who are today, they expect it on Saturday. They don't care what the USPS got going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. so you have to consider that that might be something that happens. So, um, don't waste money. Uh, don't chase virality. It'll come when it's supposed to come. And the third thing is to be smart with your money. And my fourth thing is to put in the work, like work hard. It's going to take a lot of work. You know, I've been working 18 hours a day, six days a week for the past five and a half years now. Wow. Um, and you can't stop. You know, right. that's not necessarily what people say. 
Um, a lot of people tell you to get rest and tell you to do all this, that, and the third. The truth is that if you're going to make a difference when it comes to your business, you're going to put a lot of time in it. Um, you're going to be tired. There's going to be a lot of things that you can't do. There's going to be a lot of things that you want to do that you don't have time to do. Mm. And that's just the sacrifice that you have to make for your business. And I know that sounds tough and I know that sounds harsh, but nobody wants to hear you complain about how you can't make content for Instagram. You know, this is part of your business. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear you complain about how much it costs to take photos. You got to figure out how to take photos yourself or you got to hustle to get the money to pay someone else to do it. You know, it's just that simple. No one wants to hear your problems. This is hard work. Um, people are going to be mean. People are going to leave negative feedback. You got to get tough. You got to get hard, especially if you're a black woman. Um, get tough. Like, you know, I've had my own issues. You know, I had uh, racist trolls on my page, mm. um, sending me death threats and all sorts wow. of things. And my biggest mistake was that I was too soft. I should not have been so soft. I should have mm -hmm. been hard. And that's the one thing that I tell all of us. And I know that it's not necessarily the language that we like to share with other black women, um, because that's not the image that we want to portray. But you got to find a time to be soft at home and in private or with your friends, when it comes to your business, you got to be one tough biatch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People are going to take advantage of you. Um, they're going to mislead you. They're going to intentionally harm you. And they're like sharks with blood in the water. <laughs> like, wow. They're out there just looking. And if you've got good ideas, someone's going to try to take them. So you have to protect them, whether it be by trademark or copyright, or maybe it's even a design patent. And that's going to cost money. So you got to hustle. Either you're going to mm -hmm. do DoorDash on the weekends or you're going to do hair, whatever. You're going to sell some stuff. You're going to not buy things. You know, I haven't taken a vacation in three years. Thankfully, COVID happened. So now I don't feel so bad. Right. <laughs> um, but the truth is that for um, people, there's a lot of people who's on travel every time you turn around. Girl. If your business isn't traveling, you can't mm -hmm. do it. And mm -hmm. you can't listen to those people. Um, I'm someone now, I'm, I just turned 34. I'm debt-free. I paid off my student loans. Yes. I paid off $93,626 in two wow. years and 10 months. You have to hustle. Wow. You have yes. to. And that's definitely another thing. If you have a business or you're starting a business, bring your bills down. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I live in Maryland. There's certain things that you just can't get around, you know, high mm -hmm. rent. I guess, you know, but if you can not have to pay so many credit card bills, you know, pay off your credit card bills now while you have a day job. Yeah. And then you have less burden on yourself as an entrepreneur for how much money you have to make and stuff like that. So, right. Be yes. smart. Be grown. Be grown, y'all. Yes. Be grown. <laughs> love it. I love it. Those are great tips, especially the one about, um, you know, you really just have to put in the time because like you said, hustle culture was really big and now it's you know more people are like no you need to take time for you know self self-care and stuff and yes that's important but you're absolutely right you really do have to put in the time and you know i'm seeing that even with this platform the sustainable oh, brown yes. platform you know you know all about this i do i do <laughs> and you know white men they always preach to you know get up early. You're not going to sleep. You're not going to have friends. And, you know, as women, I'm sure a lot of us don't want to, you know, follow that. But a lot of times those guys are very successful and, you know, they kind of have a method and, 
you know, it is helpful to follow it. And like you said, like, you got to be hard. Yeah. You have to be like toughen up, nice, thick yeah. skin. Yeah. Don't let anything hurt you. If you get hate mail, hate comments, remember it's engagement. You want <laughs> engagement. Take the Lil Nas X approach. He intentionally gets people riled up and all they do, he can't pay for the press that he gets. It's so mm-hmm. incredible. Um, he'd be bankrupt trying to pay for it, but it's also yes. free. It's like little conservative white woman. Oh, he slid down the pole and he's just <laughs> running up the streams, running up the streams. I mean, just yeah. think of it as engagement when people are mean to you or whatever. Twist yes. it, turn it into engagement, milk it, be yes. tough, be tough. I like it. I like it. <laughs> It has been such a pleasure talking to you today, Shanae. And my last question to you is, what does it mean to you to be a sustainable brown or black girl? Uh, It means that you make conscious decisions about what you do, what you eat, what you think, what you take in, what you put out. Um, I think that sustainability is, you know, everything in the world, of course, you know, not using plastic, using paper, recycling. Um, But it's also the conscious decision to live a life that's balanced for yourself, you know, because there are some things that we do that are unsustainable. You know, we just Mm -hmm. talked about the hustle culture. Sometimes that's unsustainable. You have to be cognizant of that. So listening to yourself and just creating um, balance, creating a constant state of balance is is the key to being sustainable to me. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much, Sinead. Let everybody know where they can find you. Sure. So you can find Ivy's Tea Company on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the TikTok now at Ivy's Tea Co. Um, you can shop online at ivystea.com. And if you wanted to catch up with me personally, um, I kind of document my founder journey, everything I do in a day. I share how I budget, what I eat, me exercising, um, me trying not to lose it. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Shanae, my first name, Shanae did good. I know that it sounds like bad English, but in the end, I want people to say I did good things, good work, whatever. So I leave yes. it like that. <laughs> yes. Yes, Shanae, you are doing good. You did good. You are there. I love it so much. Oh, Thanks thank again. you. Yes. Thanks again for joining us. And please go follow her. Go try her tea. And just support a Black woman however you can. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow me at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at SustainableBrownGirl.com and send me any questions, comments, or topic ideas to SustainableBrownGirl at gmail.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and for the health of our planet. Thanks for listening.